This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Not even looking for the right answer. You're just looking for validation of what you're going through, even if that may not be the the best advice. But you just kind of want someone to say, you know what, I've, I've been through this. I, I I know what you're going through. Hey guys, it's Alana, and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. It's Thursday, so that means real-life daters are coming on to share their real, sometimes shocking, and always unfiltered experiences. Think you're alone out there? Think you're the only one whose ex hooked up with your mom or whose last date ended up being a catfish? Think again. Hi, everyone. I'm I'm Jason. Um, I'm from South Africa. Um, Am I your first non-American guest? Not first non-American, but maybe first from South Africa, I think. Well, I'll I'll claim that at least. So if you're listening from South Africa, then hi. Um, Hi. So I'm from Cape Town, um, born and raised there, went to university there, recently moved to London uh, with some uh, time spent in Chicago and DC along the way. Um, And I'm a lawyer. Uh, and I'm recently turned 34 on Monday. And happy uh, birthday! Thank you. And a regular listener of the show, so I thought I'd I'd reach out to to chat about what I've gone through in the past, primarily the past year of of London dating, at least, um, and you know just share some of those experiences. I love the fact that you've done so much self reflection about your experiences guys he sent me like a seven page recap of what he's been through and they're so like I was hanging on to every word because you know so many people go through their dating lives and they just go 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 they don't stop to reflect they just say like oh that didn't work that didn't work oh I really wanted this one to work out and then it didn't like this sucks what's wrong with me but you actually have taken the time to do the reflection to look back to figure out what you've learned from each situation and what you still don't know why certain things happen, but that's okay. And there's part of that that's accepting, like we're not in control of everything. And I just want to applaud you for the work that you've put in. And I I think that that's only going to help you in the future. 
For sure. Like, I think it, it's been a long time coming. You know, this is, I think I mentioned in the note somewhere that I've been single and been on apps in, in their various forms for about six years. Um, and part of why I wanted to both write such a, a long note down and come on here, um, apart from just being kind of an A-type planner and liking to prepare for things like this, um, is I, I just think that guys especially don't talk a lot about this. Um, uh, we, at least in my friends group, and I think my, my friends group is fairly typical in this on this aspect that we my guy friends don't care about me that they obviously do but it's just it's not in the nature of our conversations to get too deep into any part of updating um and i imagine things might be different for for some female friends groups where you have a bit more feedback at the various points of it um so it, it was an interesting exercise writing it all down yeah i will say anytime i have a guy come on an unfiltered episode I get multiple DMs or emails from other male listeners being like, thank you. Like I needed this. I don't have enough of this in my life. And it was so comforting to hear. So on behalf of all the guys, thank you. What are those conversations like with your friends when you say, oh, like, yeah, it ended with this person or I never heard from them again, or I'm a little confused on the situation. Like how surface level do things stay or do you guys beat around the bush with each other? Or are you just like, oh yeah, that sucks, bro? Like, what are these conversations like? That I suppose that probably depends from person to person. For me, I've I usually deflect by making a joke out of it, um, which is you know symptomatic, I suppose, of some deeper coping mechanism. So most times, my conversations have been, oh, you know, this didn't work out again, and you know, let's have a laugh about it. Um, it, it's never really been anything deeper than that. Um, it's never really been, let's try solve the problem um, or, or, no, or notice the problem. Are you guys like cheering each other on and checking in like, oh, I know you had a date on Thursday. How'd it go? Or is it just like, oh, you'll report back to each other if there's something to say? Probably more on a kind of, I'll, I'll tell you if something happens type of yeah. um, need to know basis. Um, so yeah, and I'm sure there are many guys and, and and male friends groups that are, are very different. Mine is a lot more, um, at least in, on the dating level, fairly superficial. And, and that's, again, not, not them not caring. It's just we've never really spoken about that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah. you, And that does mean that over time you do feel more alone de- dealing with this because you're you're not getting regular feedback. You, and part of it's because I'm myself not reaching out and not talking about a lot of the stuff um so when it gets to this this pattern repeating and especially over the past year when there were the kind of these three or four pretty identifiable chapters um, that when this happens again and again you do feel like you're going through this without a lot of support um some of that sometimes when you do ask for what people think and you kind of get the usual advice which are touched on in the note and we explain and i think sometimes you're just looking for not even looking for the right answer you're just looking for validation of what you're going through um even if that may not be the the best advice but you just kind of want someone to say you know what i've been through this i i know what you're going through yeah you want to feel like it's normal yes and like your experiences and your feelings are valid and of course they are it is always so interesting to me just how different guys and girls are when it comes to like talking about not even their feelings, but like their dating experiences and, and the amount they share. I mean, I'll talk to Jake and he'll tell me something about a friend. And I'm like, well, do you have any more info? It'd be like, oh, like this person has a girlfriend now. I'm like, who? Like, what? Like, where did this come from? He's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, th- I know her name. That's about it. I'm like, well, how do you not know? more details like how are you not curious to ask he's like oh like he'll tell me when he wants to tell me and on the flip side of that like girls like already know more than they ever need to about somebody's new boyfriend or someone someone even went on one date with so it is so interesting and and I hope you know even just talking about it can encourage some guys listening like 
I don't think any of your friends are going to think it's weird if you open up or like share that you're going through something, you know, like, do you think you'd ever get a negative response from a friend if you were like, oh, hey, I'm really struggling with this or I I'm like confused on this situation? No, no, definitely not. I think and I've sent I sent a, a form of the, the note that I sent you to some of my guy friends, um, which is a pretty big step um, because it's just not what we usually talk about. Um, and yeah. the unanimous response has been, you know, super supportive. And a lot of people are saying, you know, I went through the same thing, which I didn't know about because we don't, we don't talk about that stuff. <laughs> um, so I, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who will resonate, this will resonate for them, um, which, yeah. you know, hopefully that's, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Okay. Let's hear about these women, the situations, where should we start? I think, well, we start at the beginning, I suppose. The past year is really the, the capstone of, of six years. Um, for whatever reason, this year I found more difficult than the kind of my past six years of being single, whether that's some difference in London dating compared to South Africa and my limited time that I spent in Chicago and DC, or it's just incidental um but i think it is a a good kind of microcosm of what of what modern dating is like these days and and i'm sure a lot of a lot of guys will and and women will have gone through similar things and going back to what we're just talking about it's also difficult because most of my friends didn't meet their partners on dating apps most of them met at university or even high school Um, so you're, you're your audience for people who you turn to for support, frankly, don't really know or don't really understand what dating app culture is like. And, and it seems that dating app culture is just changing. You know, every couple of months, there's something new and the, the culture is shifting. And um, it, it, the past year could have could have been difficult because of that. So that we just, that this is what a lot of modern dating app dating is is like. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for For serious allergy sufferers, Claritin-D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin-D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin-D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin-D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned 
learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from, and if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. I do think you just made a good point where a lot of things we encounter in life, like we might have different experiences from our friends and those around us, but we're able to put ourselves in their shoes and talk about them and relate to them. But I do think being single and trying to find love on a dating app is such a unique experience that someone who has never done it actually can't relate to. Sure, they can relate to the feeling of like wanting to find somebody, but they can't relate to the feeling of like being having your entire worth and being scrunched down to like six pictures and some prompt answers and shopping for somebody and swiping and getting excited that there was a match, but then never hearing back from someone or having a great conversation and then they disappear. And well, what did I say wrong? There's so much nuance to it that I actually don't think to your point, like that is really difficult to not have someone to turn to who has been through that. Yes. Um, So all all four of these, uh, these women I met on either hinge or mostly hinge. Um, And frankly, I thought my profile was fairly good. I I listened to you. That was great. I was very impressed when I saw it. I was like, this was a, a top notch, like 10 out of 10 profile. Uh, it's all uh, Joey's tips from the last episode. And uh, I can't remember <laughs> jo- Joey's friends. Oh names, my God. But, uh, yes. <laughs> the first one was, we'll, we'll call her E. Um, and frankly, of all the, of the four, she's probably the odd one out in that. I just don't really think she liked me that much. Um, we met on Hinge and... Um, we had uh, she's from uh, the east coast the u.s um, but we still had a managed to have a mutual friend which you know in the big city dating app that's you know like gold Um, Mm -hmm. so that person was able to vouch for both of us on on both sides Um, the the first in hindsight the first red flag um, which looking back on it now was just really odd um, is that she she was happy to move the conversation off hinge um, but only on instagram dms um, and not she w- wouldn't give me her number she said she only used whatsapp for work um, and you know, I, I, your us listeners won't um, use whatsapp much but in the rest of the world that, that's what we use instead of iMessage. Um, so we were talking only through instagram dms which kind of looking back was really weird but we went on must been two or three dates, um, including I think the second date went to Hamilton. As she mentioned that she really wanted to see it, um, which might have been a bit um, a bit too much for a second date. But you know, I was putting it. I will say my in. jaw dropped when I read that you got her tickets to Hamilton on an early day. I was like, oh my god, like chivalry is alive. But then I was like, but is that a good date idea? I don't know. Learned the hard way that things like shows and museums and galleries are probably not good dates one to four um, because there's just not a lot of time to actually spend with each other because you're, you're not you're obviously focused on other things. Um, mm-hmm. So probably not the best date idea, but you know I thought it was at least Thoughtful. showing a bit of effort. Um, yes. And so got to date three or four. 
Um, and then she bowed out over Instagram DM to say that some past flame was back in town and she wanted to reignite with that person, which I, you know, fair enough. Um, but then a week or two later, she was back on Hinge. Um, so not really sure what, if that was just letting me down easily. Um, so, I, you know, there are probably no great lessons to learn from, from that one. I think it's just fairly typical of modern dating app dates kind of go on a, a three or four dates and put in the effort and that, that doesn't work out. You know, that That's always going to happen, I guess. Would you rather in this situation have had her send like an anti-ghosting type of text or what she said, which was that like an old flame moved back and, and who know, maybe that was true and it just didn't work out. Who knows? But would you have rather had the truth of, Oh, I don't feel a connection or did it feel less of a sting to just be like, Oh, it's, it's not about me. There's just someone else. But then the sting came later when you saw her back on hinge. Yes. I, the, the, the problem with the anti-ghosting text is I, I kind of want to know why, especially when you've gone on a couple of dates and they've seemed to have gone well. And, you know, I kind of put the no spark text in the same category as the anti-ghosting text. Um, and I've got some thoughts on sparks, which I'll share, but what leaves me un- not satisfied with anti-ghosting text is, is just wanting to know, well, why, if you want to try and improve on, your date craft and you, you're trying to date constructively, it does leave you wanting to know, well, you know, I thought those dates went, but obviously sometimes you both know the date just doesn't go well and you're just not compatible. But if you're, you know, gone on three or four dates, you've put in time with each other. Um, it, it does leave you frustrated to get the kind of generic. Um, I just don't see this going forward or, or whatever. Um, without having something concrete to hold on to, to say, okay, well, this is where the date went wrong. Um, and, and that could just be my personality that I am extremely A-type and I, I like to have control of things and I want to know where I can improve myself. That all said, I kind of appreciate the, the no-ghosting, the non-ghosting text. And I've been on both sides of it and also been ghosted. And I, I genuinely don't know what's better. I'd probably better to send the an anti-ghosting text all things considered but it, it does i think it does leave you a bit frustrated if you're trying to maybe trying to get better at this because you're kind of dating with a goal dating with purpose you you want to know well you know is there something that i'm doing or not doing potentially controversial hot take question does being told either oh there's no spark or oh, i'm just not feeling it or whatever after a few dates, does that feel a little worse? Do you think as a guy to receive that knowing that you've likely paid for all of these dates and you're like, Oh, well I spent like four or $500 euros, pounds, whatever on this girl over the last month, just for her to tell me she's not feeling it. Like has, is that ever a factor in the way you feel when you get that text. And I'm sure every, for everyone's different, but I've never really thought about it from a financial perspective when I was going on dates because it's like, oh, well, we tried and I'm just not feeling it, but I wasn't funding these dates. No, it, it doesn't. Um, I, I don't think, you know, it was my decision to take her to Hamilton that she doesn't owe me anything. Um, I, right the whole kind of who pays for which dates, uh, I don't, you know, I guess we just follow that out of some kind of history or tradition or something. It's, it's not, I paid for these dates. So you, you owe me something. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So I don't think that that affects it. The, the more, I think the, the more interesting question is, does the uh, no spark text one or anti-ghosting text affect introverts or extroverts differently? Um, mm. But I, I mentioned the notes, I'm definitely more introverted. Um, and I think in general, kind of extremely broad brushstrokes, I think South Africans are fairly more introverted than definitely Americans. I mean, you, you guys are just on another, your introvert is kind of the world's extrovert. Um, That's so funny. <laughs> so when you, when as an introvert, when you get that no spark text, I 
you know, I think that kind of hurts and maybe people don't aren't thinking obviously I'm assuming everyone's acting in good faith and they don't, they don't mean that. But when you keep getting that no spark text and you are someone who just isn't generating those kind of big spark energies, because that's just not your personality, then it's, it starts having a kind of unintended consequence that you, you do think something's wrong with you because if, right. if you're just, you keep getting this, this text, people keep saying you are keep telling you just, I didn't feel any connection or any spark. Yeah. As, and it's as, that, that exhaustion of continuously putting yourself out there and that not being an easy thing to do and it not leading to the result that you want over and over. Right. Exactly. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment, and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, Season 15, Episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. So you get back on the apps. Right. So we're back on. We've seen Hamilton now. So at least that's that's one (laughs) benefit. Next was, and and this, I mean, between her and and the bachelorette number four, which we'll we'll get to later. The, uh, these dates went. I just couldn't think they could have gone better. Um, we matched also on Hinge. Um, I fairly spontaneously asked her if she wanted to get a drink at as soon as like the, the night we matched, um, and she replied you know, almost instantly, which after having just gone through weeks of waiting over Instagram DM was very refreshing. And then she said she couldn't do that night, but she wanted to do the next day, um, which happened to be Christmas Eve. Um, so, you know, it was real prime dating real estate. And I, I, my family's all back home. So I was staying in London for Christmas. So I didn't have any plans. So we met for a drink on, on the 24th. And you know, it's one of those dates that just went on for, it went on for hours but felt like it passed in seconds and just really really good um i think we we planned the next one uh on the 26th um, which went for dinner she then suggested at that dinner that we take 24 hours to buy each other a a present because it was kind of christmas time um and with a 
you know, a fairly low kind of monetary budget, but just to see who's got the kind of better gift giving skills. So it had to be something, something meaningful based on, you know, the 48 hours we'd spent with each other, which I thought was an amazing idea. And it, it seemed like not something you would suggest if you weren't, you know, really into the person and, you know, even yeah, though all of this is sounding it. very like instant connection, coupley, like so natural. We can say anything to each other right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I left feeling like that. Um, so I went off um, shopping on the 27th of December. If you know London, you know that that's just a disaster and kind of the ultimate sacrifice you can make for someone is to kind of take yourself to <laughs> Selfridges and Harrods on the 27th of December. But I did it and, you know, frankly, knocked, knocked it out the park and found this, this, it was like a teapot that had various meanings to it. And she had just moved and she liked tea and she didn't have a teapot. And that just, it kind of worked on, on numerous levels. Um, like that was really cool and, and she was really happy with it um, and it seemed to going well. Um, went on a, by now third or fourth date. What did she get also, you? She got me socks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> were they nice Which, socks? Uh, uh, they, well, they were, I mean, as nice as socks could be, I guess. Um, they, they worked on, on less levels than, um, than my, I, I don't have them anymore. I um, disposed of them in a, Parted ways with the right. socks and the girl. Um, okay, continue. Yeah. <laughs> Glad I asked. Uh, and then, which might, maybe that was a warning sign, um, the, the socks. Um, but yeah, I wasn't as pleased as um, Dobby, for example, to receive a sock. There's a Harry Potter reference for, oh my for God. their listeners. Um, anyway, so we went out for dinner. So this is my, must be day five within, I don't know, eight days. So day five after. Eight, eight or nine days um, and then she said within about 20 minutes that she was going home because she wasn't feeling well I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt I'm probably true um, but I kind of sensed something was up almost immediately um, that would have been the 30th either 30th or 31st of December and then kind of didn't hear from her at all for the next kind of three or four days um, and then got the no spark text so i suppose a, a good example of we're getting a text like that although i'm sure well-intentioned just leaves you kind of frustrated and wanting to know more you know i was very tempted to write and ask you know like i just i thank you for being upfront, but you know what what exactly does that mean Right, because clearly there was a spark. It was this like whirlwind week romance. So right. there was a spark, but then something happened for her. And what was that? And is it something related to you or something completely separate? Like you do have a right to know that. Sure. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure I have a right. I don't know if I have a right. I'm not, just, I, again, I, and maybe I'm being too generous, but... Doesn't owe me anything. Um, we went you on. You have a dates. right to be curious. Right to be curious. Um, but I, you know, if one of my friends was in my position and asked me, should I write to her and ask her, you know, for ask her a list of follow up questions, I'll probably say, no, that's not no, going right. to solve anything as much as you want. Um, yeah. You want to kind of scratch that itch. It's, it's just not not going to end well. Um, right. Well, because at the end of the day if it was something about you that she didn't like, then that's fine. You shouldn't have to change yourself for the right person. Like the right person will see these things about you and love them. And so on one hand, the curiosity and the wanting to know, like, would it be helpful in processing and, and moving forward? Maybe, but you shouldn't have to change something about yourself and you shouldn't, even if it wasn't, you, you weren't her specific cup of tea. You'll be someone else's. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. I, I often <laughs> wonder whether she still has the teapot. Uh, if you're listening and you know who you are, then uh, message me and let us know. Oh. Right in. So that that, that took it takes us to January this year. Um, so not not a great start to the to the year. Um, although I 
did have an extra pair of socks, which was good. Uh, so third was, well, quarter M. Um, and of the four, uh, probably the, the, the most short-lived, but kind of frustrating in, in a similar way. Pretty similar as the last time, and matched on hinge. Um, I, I don't particularly like long in-app messaging, kind of texting back and forth. I'd rather kind of meet someone in real life and just you know, get to know them in person. So we, we went pretty quickly off, off hinged, meeting up. Um, we met for a drink. She said uh, at first she had a dinner to get to, but she ended up canceling the dinner to stay on the date. And we extended drinks to dinner. And again, one of those kind of very, very good first dates that ends up being really long um, and just feels really good. And we very quickly went into pretty deep conversations, um, including whether um, she she's Jewish, I'm not, and she wanted to know whether I would have a problem if her parents um, weren't that accepting of, of me for, for not being Jewish, um, which you know, really interesting first date conversation. And again, not something that I would have thought would be brought up if you didn't at, even at this early, very early stage, see some, some legs to, to this. Um, so it, kind of every indicator that this is going well, that, that um, we have a spark um, and that this is, you know, you kind of finally found something that's going to kind of develop. Um, we then went on a, a second date a couple of days later. Um, she went on a work trip to the US. She's also American. Um, and then her reply times just got really, really bad from there. And after about a week or two, she sent the no spark text. Which again, you know, um, very short lived. She doesn't owe me anything, possibly reading too much into things, given that it was so short, but just a, kind of another frustrating experience where you think you've done things right. You kind of followed all the advice of the Joeys of the world with your Inge profile and um, getting off the apps quickly, um, not, not you know, endlessly talking over text, actually meeting up um, and the date seems to go really well. Um, and then it kind of just ends with what's becoming now, you know, the, we're in like March, April, and this is like the second, third time that has happened in six months. Um, so again, that kind of feeling. That definitely adds to it. It's the, the constant, the same thing keeps happening. Like why, or the state, like it just gets frustrating. And it's like the cycle of, how many more times do I need to meet somebody, get excited about them, feel a connection, and then receive the same text? And it becomes then a, a bit of a vicious circle because you're, um, especially if you're someone who overthinks yourself a lot, you oh, yeah. at the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, I know how this, this is going well right now, but I, I know how this is going to end. Um, and yeah. that's probably, that becomes the vicious circle because you're then thinking about that while you're on the date. And then you're probably not present and then you're not generating the sparks. However, one is supposed to do that. So, and then your the energy you put off is not kind of conducive and you then get the no spark text. Um, and I don't know if, if you're extremely extroverted, whether you're kind of affected by the, that kind of thing to the same degree, or if you're just better at, um, brushing these things off and say, well, you know, her loss, I'm, I'm better than that. And kind of onto the next one. Um, maybe if you're more extroverted, you, you can do that. I, you know, I struggle with that a lot more. Yeah. I think anyone who is able to do that is, is just putting up a front of like, yeah, fuck them. I'm great. And I'll find someone who I deserve. And, but that's true, but I think it still hurts just as much. Sure. Sure. And then the part four of this saga uh, is a similar kind of timeline, but for some reason it, it hurt more probably because it was just kind of the combination of, you know, this is now into um, would have been May, June this year. And it's just, you know, this is more of the same and um, kind of a 
a compounding of a lot of the same. Um, and we'll call her A, also hinge, same, pretty much the same uh, timeline from matching on hinge to, to meeting up. Um, first date went really well. She was super affectionate. Um, we got along really well. Um, we spent kind of hours together. Um, I texted her that, that same night after the, the date, which I know is a, a big um, topic of debate about whether that's a good thing or not. Um, but told her, would love to see her again. Um, she That was a Friday night. She only replied on a Sunday night, which already was um, sending my anxiety, frankly, kind of haywire. Um, but, you know, you talk, try to regulate yourself and say, well, you know, people are busy, they're doing other things. It's not, you know, don't get stuck in the spiral, even though you are already spiraling. By this stage, I've kind of been given been giving two of my female colleagues kind of a, a blow blow by blow of my dating life and um, told them about about her and they try to talk me down with the usual advice of you know people are just some people are just bad at texting which i i just think that's frankly not true in in today's world when people are on their phones constantly um but i yeah this was only a first date it had only been a couple of days it's nothing to panic about um, eventually she did reply we arranged another date which also uh, was going to be i was going to say it went really well but before that it was scheduled for friday again i'm a planner so i like to plan dates um for the friday she then texted on like i think it was thursday morning or something saying that she had forgot about something else and could we do it on Sunday, which again, kind of sent um, alarm bells ringing in my head because it just seemed, it seemed like not the greatest amount of effort being put on her side and Sunday night dates are never really that great. But right. anyway, talked myself down again. Um, the date ended up being, and this is all happening when she's replying like every three business days. Um, so it, it already kind of already well into this cycle of, um, you know, that, that text uh, waiting for text cycle of anxiety. Um, yeah. I think that compounds it a lot. Like if she had just asked to reschedule or to do a Sunday, whatever, I think sure. that would have been fine if it was an isolated thing versus like, you literally never knew when you were going to hear from this girl. Yes. No, uh, without fail, three to five working days was her reply times, which just um, a a real trigger for me. Um, But when you're in, when you're in it, you don't, you don't see it. You just kind of hold on to your anxiety and it's kind of all consuming, but you don't, when you're in it, you don't kind of take a step back and say, okay, this is, this is not going particularly well. I should walk away. Um, but the so the Sunday date happens. It again goes really well. Um, she's super affectionate on the date. We we get along really well. Um, she's really interesting. We good conversation. Um, we organize the third date by now while we're on the second date. Um, and I try to do want to do something a bit different. So we the third date we did one of those um, so far sounds from a room pop up concert things, um, and she seemed to like kind of the thought behind it and it, it was pretty clear that i was kind of making an effort um so by now we're on kind of date three i guess uh, over a month um in that month she's probably replied like twice because she, she takes a long to reply but we're we're kind of making some progress um what was well, it thought, like when you were actually on the dates? Like, did that anxiety of the texting just instantly go away? Did you f- no melted in like melted instantly? I was, I was the happiest guy in the world. Like, just I like to think I'm pretty good at on dates. Right? You know, um, yeah, I think I know a lot of people do struggle with being anxious and nervous while they're on dates. I'm, yeah, I, I don't struggle with that part of it. I'm, I'm just very bad post-date when it comes to texting and then waiting for replies. I, I kind of I need that affirmation, I guess. 
Um, that was me too. I feel, I feel for you. <laughs> um, so for date four or five, decide to take things up a notch and suggest that I cook for her and that she come to my flat and um, I'll, I'll cook, um, which kind of pretty major step for me. I, I haven't really ever done that for someone besides kind of girlfriends. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that does show that's got quite a bit of meaning behind it that, you know, okay, we're, we've done the wine bars and sushi and all that kind of stuff. Then let's do something a bit more, um, a bit more meaningful. Yeah. Um, she again, we again settled on, I think it was, what it was a Friday. She then again rescheduled that because she had something else on, um, which I just kind of said, you know, yes, ma'am. Um, uh, scheduled the dinner for Sunday. Um, I mean, I, there are Michelin star restaurants who have who put in less effort and preparation for meals than I did that weekend. Um, and I'm not, I'm not a good cook, but like it was just... Um, 48 hours of mise en place, basically, um, including buying a, a vase from Amazon, which I didn't have uh, for some flowers, which all look very nice, um, and kind of scouring the London supermarkets for um, the best ingredients I could find. So, like, ton of um, nervous energy leading up to a ton of preparation. Um, uh, so we get to dinner supposed to be on Sunday. She messages on Sunday at about 3 p.m. probably saying, you know, terribly sorry, she had a bit of a big night last night and hung over, can we reschedule? Um, which was pretty crushing. Um, After spending all weekend preparing. Yeah, but you're you're kind of in it, you're, you're not thinking particularly rationally you're just kind of overcome by really liking this person so yeah. you're annoyed but you don't you don't take it off and hurt. it's just no. the your the, the self-facing her is just extremely accommodating and saying yeah no worries let's do it again um and i i wanted to send a very harsh text um and almost just kind of suicide mission text just can't you know go really harsh and just burn the bridges entirely um, but i decided like, probably wisely against that <laughs> and um again went with the kind of more nice guy approach i guess but it, she there was no attempt from her to kind of reschedule it it was just you know sorry and then there was a couple, probably two or three weeks of her, her, her usual radio silence. I think she went away or something. Um, I then messaged her to reschedule it, um, which I probably shouldn't have done. I probably just should have left it. Um, but we did a repeat, kind of the same, the same amount of effort into making the dinner, the same, um, all that kind of nervous energy um, was very happy when three o'clock on Sunday came and there was no text canceling. So we were, we were actually on, which is good. Um, we, I suggested we go, have a, go for a walk and have some wine in, in the park before park near, near to me before dinner. So we met um, at the park and we, we met, it was kind of a nice catch up and everything was going well. And she again seemed very affectionate um, and kind of great connection. Um, and as we we're walking back to my flat where we we're going to finally feast on this um, dinner, it's been about a month in the making. She said that she wasn't looking for anything. She had enjoyed spending time with me, but wasn't looking for anything serious, um, which also was fairly crushing. And about three weeks later, she I saw her again on Hinge where she claimed to be looking for something serious, um, which is at that point then I just pretty much gave up and deleted all dating apps. I would have thrown my phone. <laughs> I probably should have thrown the bars that I bought. But yes. 
That is so that is so soul crushing to be like walking back to this dinner that you've now prepared twice and thought about for so long and to then be hit with like I'm just not looking for something serious. It's like, mm, oh. Like were you yeah. able to even enjoy that night after that? Or were you just like feeling hey, like what was that like? Well, we we parted ways there and then. Um so she, we didn't. We still didn't have the dinner. Um, so I've now twice eaten dinners for two for one. Um, I, yeah, just a, a sense of not just not being seen. I guess just not yeah. that feeling of someone's just not you're putting in so much more effort than they are. Even if they're again assuming everyone in the story is, and I have no reason to be otherwise that they're not acting in good faith and they. Um, were genuine and um I'm, I'm sure i've done similar things to to people in the past um but you just get the sense of this person's not not seeing me this person's not giving me space in in their life um which mm. is something i would i'm trying to work on to not judge myself based on what they what others think um which is very easy to say that but it's very difficult when you're in this dating world where especially dating app world where you do start to define yourself by how many matches you're getting by how well your dates are going um, um and that i think at some level you start creating this kind of fantasy version of yourself with these people um, and you start imagining your life with them and then when that's not reciprocated it, it just becomes more and you come kind of crashing down back to reality of frankly this person's not that into you it is so tough when we literally define ourselves like we say like i'm less than because these people didn't like me or i'm not worthy of love because i have tried so hard and i haven't been able to find it yet and i'm not good enough or attractive enough if i don't get these matches or these people who okay now i feel like i'm swiping below my quote unquote standards because the people that are at that level that I want aren't reciprocating the like and matching with me. So now I'll go down a bit and these people still aren't wanting to go on dates with me. And it's these mind games we play and we end up like torturing ourselves and just jumping to conclusions about ourselves when it has nothing to do with us. Like it all goes back to the right person is going to like you for who you are. And yeah, it's really, really painful when you want to find that person so badly and you are putting in the effort and you're still struggling. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to find them. That doesn't mean that you're not there. That doesn't mean that somebody's not going to see you for who you are and love every part about you. It's just really hard to find. And that sucks. And like, I wish there was something I could say like, oh, well, if you do these three things, like you will find your person. You might not. But I think you're doing the best thing you can be doing, which is reflecting and learning and realizing that you should not be judging yourself or defining yourself based on these interactions and these situations and these people from an app. For sure. And I think the, the two concrete things that I've, I've done now, the, well, the first is put a dating app moratorium in place. Yeah. Uh, uh, which has been amazing. Frankly, I don't think I was capable of deleting them after so long. And, you know, they're obviously designed to, to be kind of gamified and addictive. Um, but just the, the best kind of weight off your shoulders, not having to put in that energy, not having to devote that time to, to dating apps. The, the problem is that I, I just don't think it's sustainable. If you're not in um, social settings where you're going to meet a ton of new people you're gonna, in your kind of day-to-day -day life, you're just not going to meet people. And if you don't, it's all well and good to say, you know, go and meet people organically, go talk to people at bars. That, that, that's difficult um, and probably not, not feasible. So the, the moratorium definitely needs to end at some point. Um, but the, the second thing is, is just starting therapy and speaking to someone, um, which has been, this is, I've, I've been doing that for about a month now. Um, particularly about particularly focused on dating, but obviously the way we are and the way we handle dating comes from other places and comes from other things that's gone on in 
in our lives um, and it's been kind of super interesting to explore that um, and try to get to a point where because this this doesn't have a happy ending I, I can't tell you that i've learned great lesson lessons throughout this year and that if any one of those four message me today i would react any differently i, I wouldn't but frankly if especially the last one if she messaged me right now and said you know let's let's meet up i, I would reply within within like seconds and kind of reschedule my entire week to fit in with her um which isn't may or may not be a good thing um i don't think necessarily there's a right or wrong answer to that but what i would like to get to a point is that if that happened or when it happens again when i'm kind of back on dating apps that i'm not going to define myself through her how long she takes to reply to me and that i can be a bit more assured to say you know this is what i'm putting down if you're not picking it up then you know that that's your loss I think that's the exact right mindset that you should have, that anyone should have. And it all goes back to like, yeah, you should never have to change yourself for somebody else. And I think you've done so many wonderful things for yourself. I think starting therapy also now, while you're not currently on the apps, I think that is going to be tremendously helpful for when you do get back on the apps and you can have these conversations with your therapist of like, oh, well, this person I matched with, we've planned this thing, but then this happened and it's bringing me back to the way I felt in this past situation that we've already discussed. I think just that accountability and that person to talk to who's already familiar with you and your experiences, I think that is so, so huge. And I think for me, I wished I had started therapy before I got into like disastrous dating and relationship situations because when I started, I was just in crisis mode and it probably took like three months for me to be able to have a cohesive conversation with my therapist about other things besides that one specific person and situation. And so I think this point that you're starting therapy and now, and I encourage anyone else who's listening to do this, I think it's the perfect time for you. And I think it will lead to you feeling just very grounded throughout your future dating experiences and feeling like you have somebody who you can talk to and can open up to, which I know, as we talked about in the beginning, isn't always easy or, or readily available for guys. Definitely. And so I think the two two morals of this episode are for your profile, listen to your dating profile, listen to Ilana and Joey. Um, and then um, going forward, go to therapy. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything that I did not ask you about that you were hoping to share? Um, not that I can think of, other than South Africa is playing in the Rugby World Cup final on Saturday. So um, my countrymen hey. who are listening are um, going to be equally on edge as I am. But I know Crossing that's not fingers. particularly. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It counts. It counts. It matters. It well, does. It, it probably it, it, it matters less to your US audience, but matters a lot to, uh, to the you rest. You never of the world. know. You never know. <laughs> what is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received? Probably what we're working on in therapy right now. Don't your worth is not defined by who you're either on a date with or want to go on a date with. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Amazing. Jason, thank you so much for being here. It has been such a pleasure. And like I said in the beginning, thank you for putting so much thought into it. Thank you for doing what you need to do for you. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm proud to have you in the Seeing Other People family. So thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own unfiltered dating stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah, that too, Scout, that too. 
We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!